I just want to share a current challenge I'm facing, and that is a dryness of the soul. I think if all we talk about are our successes and our high points and things we learn, things we're excited about, then we cast a maybe half of the image of this Christian walk. And this current season of dryness is lacking a lacking an excitement for God and for God's word. I'm sure the issue is with maybe some things that I'm not being consistent with in my life. Just went through the holiday seasons of Christmas and New Year's. <clears throat> there was a disruption in the schedule. I probably didn't get the same amount of reading that I normally do. My driving schedule is different, so I wasn't getting that hour each morning of just listening to the word and praying and really redeeming that windshield time. And I'm, I'm working on this concept of <clears throat> anti-fragility. I read a blog post, I was looking for something different, but I read a blog post on this topic of anti-fragility. In other words, living your life in such a way where you're minimizing the things that you're dependent on. And some of the things that I know that I'm dependent on or that I have observed is when I was drinking coffee or when I was drinking pop or even now it's more along the lines of tea. I can, I can start those with good motives, but at some point it becomes maybe a habit and even a desire and seemingly for the sake of entertainment <clears throat> or for the sake of feeling something, you know. And so yesterday when I was working, after recognizing that these things might be dependencies that I don't need in my life, I don't need to be entertained all the time. And so I, I chose to fast from those things. And... I only lasted till about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 3.30, and I broke down and had to have a coffee. I don't, I don't even know if I really liked the taste of coffee, but it was just something different. And maybe something, maybe the thing that accentuates this dryness, in my current work, I'm doing a lot of documentation instead of coding, instead of development, and I'm not a fan of documentation. I like the creativity of, of coding, of programming, and I've been documenting and planning and things like that for the last probably three months, and that, that's been a bit of dryness, and going through winter, we're now in January, January 4th, and there's the dryness of just seeing the the snow and the lack of greens and the lack of flowers and it just seems like it's a season of dryness and the goal of wanting to be anti-fragile if I put it that way is I want I want one dependence and I want that to be a dependence on God I want 
God to be the one that fills my soul. And the more I pursue that and try to exercise the pursuit of him to fill my soul, the more I see all these other things pulling at my attention, pulling at my affections, pulling at my delights, and things that really should be illuminators to God become trappings in a sense. And it calls to mind the passage in 1 John 2, I think it's 14 through 16, says, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So that, when I first read that passage, well, when I first clued into the passage, I've read it many times, but when it first hit me, I want the love of the Father in me. I want the love of the Father, the Father to flow through me. And what he's saying, what John's saying is, if we love the world, it's almost like we're kinking the hose of the Father's love. By loving the world, we're cutting ourselves off or we're distracting away from the Father's love. So the next verse, he goes on to explain a little bit more about what he means. What does it mean to love the world? He says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And when I looked up the Greek term for lust, I've always thought of lust as, as really sensual, you know, sexually related. And the Greek term there for lust is really just simply strong desires. So we can read that definition in, it's the strong desires of the flesh, the strong desires of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. And there's, there's a lot of that that really pulls us in and distracts us from God. And for me, I think the lust of the flesh, the strong desires of the flesh, I, you know, food can be a vice for me. Tea and coffee can be a vice for me. Um, certainly physical pleasure can be a vice. And I find myself looking forward to those things almost as a the idea that, that those things will ultimately fulfill me. And when I indulge in those things, it just leaves me empty. When I indulge in those things with the perspective of that's what's going to satisfy me, understand we need to drink, we need to eat. I mean, those are things that our bodies needs, but I think our, our hearts turn those into more than just fuel and more than just... You know, it becomes more. It becomes dependencies. And that's what I'm trying to minimize. And I really am struggling with how does God take the place when I'm sitting at work and I'm bored with the work I'm doing and I'm craving a coffee or a tea or I'm craving some, you know, some sort of food that I think that, that will fill me or satisfy me or entertain me how do i tap into god at that point in such a way where he satisfies my soul and i no longer am dependent on those entertainments that's my current struggle 
I think of the passage where in John chapter 4 where Jesus is talking to the woman at the well and, and his disciples come back, find him talking to the woman at the well. And he's just been on this long journey and they went into the village to, to get something to eat, bring it back. And they say to him, Lord, eat. Here's, here's some food. And he says, I have food that you do not know about. And of course, they're thinking on the physical level that, well, he's got some, you know, food stashed away that they didn't realize. But then he goes on to say, my food is to do the will of the Father. And I've been wrestling through that. I, I want to know what it's like to eat that food in such a way where it satisfies me, where it fills me. And I think when I get into these seasons of dryness, I think what I've done is I've become too focused on what I receive from God instead of being focused on making him known to others, instead of being focused on recognizing the needs that are around me and meeting those needs for his glory so that people see what kind of a provider he is, so that people can see how caring he is and how affectionate he is, how compassionate he is. I think these seasons of dryness are related to, uh, related to the, the lack of desire to do that. I, I don't know, there's a chicken and egg thing happening here, maybe. So, I think my plan f moving forward right now is starting with my family, my immediate family, with my wife and my kids. Really look out for what are the needs that are there. What are they asking for? Maybe verbally and non-verbally. What are they struggling with? And how can I meet those needs? You know, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive. And when I'm in these seasons of dryness, I'm just looking to receive. I'm not looking to give. I'm not looking to bless. I'm not looking to love. Right? I mean, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. Philippians 2 does a really good job of saying, consider one another as more important than yourselves. This is what, this is how Jesus' mind worked. He considered one another as more important than himself. And he, he lived that from the day he was born to the day he died. He lived it perfectly. And I'm going to step up my reading. Uh, now that I'm in a more consistent season, now that the holidays are over, I can get back into some consistency with my drive time and more listening, more time in his word, listening to it, let it fill my heart. But really, I need to put God's glory into action. Not to earn anything, but I, I want people to know what he's like. And if all I'm doing is just receiving, I don't know that I'm glorifying him much. Because I'm just focused on me instead of others. And that does not fulfill that second commandment of love your neighbor as yourself. So I just wanted to share my struggle this morning that, that you know, Christianity isn't all about just floating on cloud nine and having everything work out perfectly. And I mean, there really is a wrestling of the soul. There's a clinging to God and 
trying to figure out what's what's happening right now. Why do I not delight in God right now? And I think if we seek Him enough and then we cling to Him and, and we pray and we read and seek for His kingdom and His righteousness, then I think He does answer those things. And I look forward to the time when He does. I hope it's sooner than later.